Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Thomas. Yes, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And I just wanted to tell you about some ways you can follow me. First of all, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to info, I-N-F-O, at D-R, as in doctor, at drdelvina.help. That's H-E-L-P. So info at drdelvina.help. That's spelled D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, dot help, H-E-L-P. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. They are um, matching now. So it used to be my Instagram was a little different than my Facebook page, and that Facebook page got taken down. So now they're both the same, which they are both Dr. Delvina, D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And my website used to be drdelvina.help, but I'm redoing the website so soon it will be launched and it will be Dr. Delvina. So doctor abbreviated again, D-R-D-E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, help, H-E-L-P dot com. You may also follow my office, which is D-R-T, Brain Love. We are DRT Behavioral Services, PLLC, but we go by DRT Brain Love on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please feel free to follow all and subscribe to those pages. And our website is uh, brainlovehelp.com, B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-L-P.com. Everything is about help. And we also have a website for us, for our spa and also for our um, CBD and uh, medicinal cannabis licensure. So there's links for those um, websites on DRT Brain Love website as well as on my website when it launches. But feel free to subscribe to all of the um, podcast platforms. Please subscribe on iHeartRadio, on Pandora, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. And if you're um, a member on Anchor, which is Anchor by Spotify, please feel free to subscribe on Anchor as well. As you know, the more subscribers you have, the better. I do appreciate the the subscribers that I have to date. And some of you have been with me since the podcast started in May 2020. So we're in our third year, and I appreciate your support. And if you're sending a monthly contribution, I appreciate that support. And if you're not sending a contribution, but you're listening on a regular basis, I greatly appreciate that support as well. If you haven't already done so, please uh, do a rating on your favorite podcast platform and share it with other people, man. All right. Remember, brain love. Hey, guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys, it's that time again. It's another Sunday night. It's time for the Brain Love Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And woo, big ups to me, baby. Big ups. Big ups to me. Yes, I'm going to keep it up. I will maintain my board certification. If you know anything about doctors who are board-certified, 
you know, that we just don't get board certified once and maintain it. We have to uh, take the test again to pass and get board certified or do whatever it is that you have to do for your specialty to earn that board certification. So big ups to all the doctors out there who are board certified and maintaining their certifications by passing their exams every 10 years or five years or whatever it is. I know in psychiatry and neurology, we have to do our uh, certification every 10 years. And also big ups to all of the docs who are the medical doctors who are um, going and doing their CMEs, taking classes, going to conferences, y'all, because, you know, things change every day. So tonight we are discussing guts and Thanksgiving. That's right. We are discussing your guts and Thanksgiving. And just um, one other little thing, Tuesday night, um, two days from now, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time on my Instagram, um, on my Instagram page, I'm going live with Titus, Titus, Titus Unlimited. Check him out on Instagram. He is Titus Unlimited. We're going live together to discuss guts and Thanksgiving, your guts and Thanksgiving. But tonight I have Dr. Curtis who will be discussing your gut and Thanksgiving. She is a certified physician physician assistant, as well as a doctor of naturopathic medicine. So we're going to discuss basically eating and the things that we eat and how it affects our guts. Uh, because you know, your, uh, your, you have two brains. It's one, of your, one in your head and also one in your GI tract. So before I bring Dr. Curtis on the couch, I want to discuss something I want to discuss your farts and why they smell so bad. Ew. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm back. And I said I wanted to discuss our farts and why they can smell so bad. There are seven reasons why we can have stinky farts. Yeah, we can laugh about this. And sometimes when someone passes gas, it's funny. When I was growing up, my dad would pass gas and say, is there a frog in here? And my brothers and I would laugh like it was the funniest thing ever. But it was fucking disgusting. But, you know, and actually his, his gas didn't stink. I don't think I ever, I don't recall his gas smelling. My mother would never pass gas around anyone. She did not pass gas around anyone. And so I'm like my mother, my mother, you know, a lot of times girls mimic their mamas. So I don't sit around my son and pass gas. I don't pass gas around my friends. You know, I don't do that stuff. So. Did you know we pass gas about 13 to 21 times a day? 13 to 21 times a day we pass gas. And so every fart is not stinky, but there are certain times when your flatulence, your gas can stink. So flatulence is another way of saying gas. So gas, farting, flatulence, all the same thing. So most gas is odor-free, but sometimes your gas can be downright funky, funky, you know? Oh, I did. I just recalled a situation when I was riding with my dad in the car, and he passed gas, and I had to let the window down. Like, ooh. Um, so there are reasons why our gas is not so pleasant. Um, you know, they call them those silent but deadly ones. Uh, those stink because of fermentation of uh, fermentation by bacteria in your colon. So we have bacteria everywhere. We have bacteria on our skin. We have bacteria in our vaginas. If you're a woman, um, we have bacteria in our colon. And so when certain things happen like fermentation, 
then that can create an odor. It can create smelly odors and it can create sulfur gas. And sulfur smells like egg, you know? So that's what you're smelling sometimes. And that's most of the time. So gas is a healthy, normal byproduct of digestion. Um, It happens when we swallow air, when we eat, and it starts to smell bad because we are firm. We have the fermentation process occurring in our gut. So, but a bad odor could also be a sign that there's something more serious going on in your GI tract. So, like I was saying, when we're digesting food, our gut bacteria produce sulfur-containing compounds, and they create that stench that we notice in our gas. The foods that we eat can influence how much bacteria we have in our, in our colon, which then affects your farts. Because if you have a lot of bacteria, those bacteria, they, they're pumping out that sulfur gas or that sulfur So some people have a certain type of flora, that's the bacteria inside of them, that causes them to produce more gas or smellier gas. So let's go into the seven reasons why um, maybe your ex-girlfriend farts didn't stink, but your new girlfriend got some funky farts. (laughs) Lactose intolerance, lactose intolerance will create some stinky gas. Um raffinose, which that's beans, 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 beans. They're a rich source of protein, antioxidants, nutrients, and minerals, but they also cause us to pass gas. Um, So I'm going over the reasons why, the seven reasons why your gas may smell or be smelly. Sugar. Sugar can cause foul, foul, Flatulence, it can cause stinky gas, sugar, constipation. So fried foods, processed meats, baked goods, and high-fat foods aren't necessarily gas-producing, but the low-fiber foods, they make it difficult to move your bowels. So if you're not moving your bowels and things are just sitting there in your gut and your colon, then it starts to stink. When you're constipated, feces hangs around the colon for too long, and then bacteria will go to town, man. They'll go to town and make all kinds of gas, and it just gets all stanky. So try to move your bowels. You got to drink plenty of water, exercise regularly, eat high-fiber food. Don't get backed up. Medicine can make your gas stink. If you have an infection or a disease, That can also cause you to have smelly farts, you know, so like uh, colon cancer, celiac disease. If you have something called C. diff, oh, that is stinky, stinky. That causes bad, uh, bad diarrhea that can really make your poop stink. So those are the seven reasons um, why your gas, your flatulence, your farts might smell really bad. So don't just overlook it, especially if this is a new change. If your uh, farts typically don't have a smell, and at some point they they you know your fart is going to smell like sulfur because you're just it's just going to happen. We have bacteria and they're creating sulfur, and that's just what it is. But if there's a change or it becomes very foul smelling, please go to the doctor now. Are you guys ready for Doctor Curtis? <laughs> All right, guys, we got Thanksgiving coming up. Let's talk about this meal. Let's talk about what we're planning to eat and how 
what you're going to eat is going to affect you. Dr. Curtis is going to break it down. Hey, 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 guys, it's Dr. Delvina. And you know, from my introduction, it's Sunday night, we are back on the couch. And I have a guest, I've had some phenomenal guests over the last two, oh my gosh, the last several Sundays. And, and it just keeps going, man, I have on the couch with me tonight, Dr. Sansa Curtis, she is the owner of 3D Wellness. And she's serving our community with functional medicine. Hi, Dr. Curtis. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much for being on the couch with me tonight. Are you ready to take the couch? I'm ready to take the couch and thank you for inviting me and I'm honored. Oh, absolutely. Of course. I think that um, our communities, and, and when I say our guys who are listening, um, I mean, people of color, BIPOC, um, you know, Black Caribbeans, African Americans, whatever, and actually everyone. But I think our communities are usually more disenfranchised. We are not educated in certain things as much as the majority. And so I try to bring you guys information so that we can close that gap because we are still dying early from, from certain ailments that can be prevented. And we can prevent these things easily by being selective about what we eat and by intentionally taking care of our guts. So before we get into the topic tonight, I would like to introduce my esteemed guest, Dr. Curtis goes by the gut doctor. We call it a gut doctor. I want you to come on IG live too, so that people can meet you. But um, she's a gut doctor. She has years of industry experience. Uh, she started from the bottom, y'all, and worked her way up. Oh, gosh. So listen to this. She's an honorable graduate of the University of Nebraska Medical Center and Physician Assistant Studies. She graduated with honors. She's also a doc she has a doctorate of naturopathic medicine from the Clayton College of Natural Health. She graduated there with honors. So she ain't no fool, man. She operates as a functional medicine consultant, and I'm sure this is probably a title that many of you are hearing tonight for the first time, functional medicine. She blends the training of both her traditional medicine, which we call Western medicine. She blends that with the naturopathic elements. She is considered holistic. She's a holistic autoimmune specialist, and she specializes in holistic gut thyroid, adrenals, and sex hormones. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So, you know, you guys, we talk about sex and relationships a lot. So this is something you may want to consider if you're like, oh, my gut is healthy. I'm good. You may want to consider her from, for some other things as well. Now, her bio is jam-packed full of goodness. I want you guys to go on her website and check out the rest of her bio. I'm looking like, okay, what else am I going to include in here? Um, so, and if you're listening and you're not on your Peloton, you're not on the treadmill, you are able to use your hands freely. You're not driving. Please go on Instagram and follow her. She's doctor abbreviated DR period Sansa Curtis, S O N Z as in Zulu, A C U R T I S. And she also has a detox Facebook group. Oh, okay. I plan to join that doc. Okay. Yes. So welcome again. Thank you. And I'm honored to be here and welcome everyone for joining us. So um, Doc, man, oh, there's so many goodies here. We have Thanksgiving coming up this coming Thursday. People typically pig out and I think people probably pig out maybe days leading up to Thanksgiving. What do you think about that? 
Well, they do. That's a traditional. It's to eat more and work less and to take off. So, but that also sets us up for um, heart attacks and different things of that nature. My dad actually died um, the Saturday after uh, Thanksgiving 30 years ago because oh. of eating too much. Oh my gosh. I know it was 30 years ago, but my condolences to you still. I've lost a parent as well. And I know how painful that can be. You know, that loss never resolves. It never goes away. Thank you. You are certainly welcome. So what do you do? So, oh, thank you, doctor. Thank you. Um, You're a healthcare leader. Um, You're involved greatly with um, in Africa. You're a missionary to Africa. Um, You are a master storyteller. You are a speaker and um, you're out there in the community and you're doing different things. You have different outreach programs. Talk to us. Uh, let's start with the basics. What do you mean by gut, the gut doctor? Well, the gut is actually considered the second brain. 75 to 85% of our neurological chemicals, we, we may, most people know serotonin from all the medications that's out there, but your feel good, your dopamine, all that is stored in the gut. So the gut is a central area. So that's because of the nervous system with the vagus nerve and how it interacts, your gut really communicates with every part of your body. So there's gut skin, there's gut brain, there's gut heart, there's gut uh, lung, there's gut vagina, there are all these axes um, that you look at. And so even looking in, I can think it was like early 2000s, they sequencing the gut microbiome. So the biome is just basically where it's a bunch of germs, you know, Mm -hmm. bacteria. So we, for every cell we have, we have 10 bacteria and most of those are stored in the gut. So it's all about keeping that balance and the gut is where disease start and where you can actually also help eradicate the disease as well. So are you saying that, um, in saying that we have a brain in the gut is what we call it in, in psychiatry, um, we can influence our health and how we take care of our gut, um, because you mentioned all these different connections to to the gut. That is true. They've actually shown through generations. If you change your eating habits for two generations, you can also change your DNA expression. Wow! Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. So, if you change the way you eat for two generations, you can change their gene expression. Because you ever wonder why grandma could eat these things and do the things and they lived my great both my great grandmothers lived into their 90s um and so that's one of the reasons why simply because how our the food was different what we pay farm you know uh you know uh, wild caught and clean mm-hmm. food now is what was natural what our grandparents ate so the food is not the same anymore so that makes a big difference as well yeah yeah. So um, when you mentioned changing what you eat for two generations, I thought about, um, you know, the common saying that, yeah, man, high blood pressure and, and sugar runs in my family. Um, and, you know, I always redirect people and say, no, it, it doesn't really run in your family, um, but bad diets do. Mm-hmm. And so it's a thing that we pass on the way that we eat. We pass it on to our offspring. Um, and then they pass it off to the next generation and we keep on passing those, those bad eating habits. Yes. 
And also too, when you look at, you know, back in slavery, when they had those bad eating habits, the food was cleaner and, and they exercise. Sitting is the new smoking. What do we do? We sit behind, we don't work out, we don't do the things that we used to do, but we want to keep up with the diet that, that they used to have. So you mm. can't, you can't, that's not a parallel. You can't do that and not have uh, other cardiovascular issues, um, heart, you know, hypertension, as you say, the sugars, <laughs> the high blood pressure, you know, and then you're taking medication after medication. You can't keep, you can't keep up at that pace. Yeah. So if someone were to ask you, how do I start? What do I do to reclaim my gut health? What would you tell them? Simple things to do is we all are sitting here like this. We're eating at our desk. We're doing those things. So one of the simple things is mindful eating. You know, back in the day when I was a kid, I read your bio when you're in the military, dad, make sure we all sit around the table. We ate, we didn't watch TV. We did those things. So mindfulness eating is one, making sure you're chewing your food. When we just go and we just eat our food, just chomp, chomp, chomp. It takes about 10 minutes for the brain to, so the brain will be, you know, full. So when we just put things in our mouth and then we overeat, then we're sluggish. So that's one thing. And then making sure we stay hydrated, drinking enough water. We should drink half of our body weight in water. These are just simple little things. And making sure that you're eating, not the standard American diet, McDonald's, you know, Wendy's, even Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is a healthier version of fast foods, but it's still, you know, the fast foods, making sure you're getting enough vegetables. If you if you eat meat, make sure you have clean meat and making sure that you give your body all the tools that it needs, eating the prebiotics. Kimchi is one, is Asian. Uh, sauerkraut is another one. Um, and garlic is a prebiotic. So eating those foods that are going to feed your gut is one, is the biggest thing. And can I not say enough about stress? Stress is like Mike Tyson to the gut. Yeah. Mm. It just beat us up. So we really have to try to manage our stress. And it's always, what what is our common thing today is we should have did that yesterday. I mean, that's our thought process. We, we should have did that yesterday, always on a timeline. Stop, breathe, meditation. When I started getting to the space, I could not meditate. Um, I'm ADD, so I had to rely on gratitude. Now I can meditate forever because I use my gratitude to go into my meditation. Mm, you dropped a lot of, lot of gems there. So uh, allow me to pick it apart. Okay. All right. Let's start with mindful eating. Some folks are just not mindful. They're running around here like chickens with their heads cut off. They're not taking their time. They're not enjoying the moment. They don't do anything with mindfulness because they're always thinking about what happened yesterday or what's happening tomorrow or what might happen next year. Or, you know, they're always thinking about something other than the moment. Explain what you mean by mindful eating. Enjoying the food as you're closing your, you know, first of all, no electronics, no TV, just sitting in the space, being grateful for the food that you're getting ready to consume, seeing that food as being nourishment to your body and fuel that you need for your body. 
we are more concerned about the gas that we put in our car than the food that we put in our bodies. So we take care of our car a lot better than our bodies. But just amen. I gotta say amen to that. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, and you just have to sit there and just relish the food as you're take if you're eating the food, what kind of texture? Is it smooth? Is it sour? Is it sweet? Is it salty? Just kind of break that food down. And then as you're swallowing it, just kind of just feel the sensation of what's going through. And then, you know, and just be mindful of the moment and slow down, make sure you're chewing the food and you're enjoying the food. And you can kind of say, okay, well, how did that make me feel? Did it make me feel sluggish? Did it give me energy? Food is supposed to give us energy. After you eat a meal and you're sluggish, then that was a bad meal. Yeah. Okay. So what is, what are the benefits of mindful eating? Someone's like, okay, well, I got to do that. Why? Well, I just like to rush through my, my stuff. I got work to do at lunchtime. I got to hurry up and eat my meal and just get back to work. Why is it important to be mindful when we're eating? Well, it helps with digestion. So it, it helps with aid at the digestion. So we don't have so much gas and bloating and the bubble guts. So as people would say it back in our, it, you know, in our community, mm-hmm. and it helps with just that mindful eating helps feed the mind. So you're now you can think you've taken time out and you're actually more productive when you sit down and they, that's why they give us a lunch break for that time. Do we take it for that? No, that's to give us a break. So we become more productive after consuming the food and enjoying the food. And it actually helps with the dopamine and we're happier. Mm-hmm. Yes, guys. Are you following along with Dr. Curtis? She's dropping a lot of gems here. And if you listen to her and you apply these things, you will be a much happier person because everything we do, I tell you, the brain controls everything. And the, the second part of the brain is inside of your gut, that brain in the gut. You got to take care of it. Now, Doc, you mentioned, quote, clean meat, close quote. What do you mean by clean meat? Clean meat. If you go to one of the things where you, if you go to Whole Foods, they have, I don't know if you ever noticed it, they have a numeric system. It's one through five. That classifies how that meat was raised. Okay. So farm, so if you have farm raised fish, then it's raised in a facility and it's not raised in nature like it's supposed to. So when anything is tampered with agriculture-wise, we have more um, like tilapia is nasty. I would not eat any tilapia. Ew, no tilapia, (laughs) no catfish. No catfish, no. But those (laughs) things have mercury. They're higher in uh, heavy metals. Uh, They're not as nutritionist. Uh, They don't have all the nutrients that we need to to feed our body. And so uh, while caught, is how it's supposed to be. God intended it from the sea. Hmm. And it's interesting, even agriculture, how they classify the meat, because you can have all the meat, other the chicken and all the other, it's filled with hormones, antibiotics. We wonder why we're getting antibiotic resistance now, because it's all given to the chickens. I don't know, you go to, you ever go to a restaurant and if you ever, or ever order some chicken wings, the chicken wings look like turkey wings. Mm, they're mm, mm. steroids. You know, <laughs> no. you why got 
our young girls have breast. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And from the cow, that's from the cow's milk too. Yeah. For yeah. All, you get over because yeah. all the steroids, antibiotics, and the hormones are all yeah. pumped to these animals. Yeah. The breast and the ass and the hips too, doc. All, all three of oh, those. Yeah. All, all the things, all, yeah. all the things. And then menopausal, we have fibroids. We have all these things are in our community and we really have to watch what we're eating. Now, what I'm saying is it's okay to eat meat. We don't have to make, become a meat fest. Okay. Mm-hmm. We I eat meat, uh, but making sure we get clean meat. And, and that is um, pasture raised. That means it, it was raised out on, you know, eating grass. It wasn't raised eating a lot of um, corn and grains and things are going to make us fat. It is a food chain. We learned that in school, but I don't know what happened now. We don't think yeah. about it. If they're going to eat to get fat, guess what we're going to do? We're going to eat them and where we're going to do, we're going to get fat. That's right. You are what you eat. It's not to sound cliche, but you are what you eat. I have um, a little story about catfish, how I stopped eating catfish. My family is originally from Mississippi. My mom and dad were were born there. And um, cat, there's a lot of catfish in the Mississippi River, man. And my grandmother would go fishing. Not that I grew up in Mississippi, but when we would go home during the summers and things like that, she got up at five o'clock in the morning, got in her boat, and she would go fishing on the Mississippi and catch all this catfish. She'd bring it back with scallop and fillet it and fry it up and, you know, just have a good old time eating this catfish. So for a very long time, catfish was my preferred fish. I loved it. It tastes delicious. Um, the texture was nice. And then one day, this was probably 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, I'm sitting on the couch watching National Geographic because I'm a geek. So, you know, I like watching PBS, National Geographic. I'm watching National Geographic and this big ass fish <laughs> pops out of the water. It's a catfish because the narrator says catfish, blah, blah, blah. And it jumps up and catches a huge leather boot, a huge leather boot. And when I tell you the catfish ate that freaking boot, it ate the boot, ate the boot, the entire boot. It was a huge catfish because, you know, things can live in in, and grow large in big open water because Mm -hmm. there's nothing to contain them. There's nothing to prevent them from growing so they can grow and, and, and get large. There's some large fish out there. It ate that boot. I said, there's no way in hell I'll ever put another piece of catfish in my mouth. And I have stuck with that. I don't eat catfish nuggets. I don't eat catfish. I don't, um, I almost said that for, I don't fool with catfish <laughs> at all. And tilapia was off my list. Boom. A long time ago. I pretty much grew up in Maryland. We didn't have tilapia, um, but we had a lot of catfish and catfish was cheap in Maryland. I get to Florida in 2007. All they have is tilapia everywhere. And then, of course, once I, I started going to some, you know, other dining facilities and, and going to Caribbean spots, they have snapper and, you know, and I got into grouper and all these other types of uh, varieties of fish. But it was a lot of tilapia everywhere. And the catfish is expensive here. I'm really? like, the cat, yes, it's expensive. It's one of the most expensive fish, um, especially like in the seafood market or if you go into Publix or um, you know, I've never priced it in Whole Foods. They probably don't even have that garbage in Whole Foods, but it's expensive. Um, so that's my catfish story. <laughs> well, have you ever been watched some catfish noodling? Yeah. The muddy water. I'm like, oh my God, the water is just so gross. 
Yes. Disgusting. So guys, the healthiest fish for you really is salmon and it's wild caught salmon. Salmon is full of omega-3 fatty acids, which we know we need for our brain because it helps with um, reducing the risk of developing Alzheimer's. It helps with cognitive functioning. It helps with concentration. It really does a lot of things for your, for your mental health, for your brain. So salmon, man, and I'm not really big on salmon unless it's like sushi. Um, I really don't cook salmon at home, but I love it when I'm eating raw. Sardines. All right, guys. Say again, doc. Sardines. Yes, sardines as well. Yes, and they're a great snack. Mm-hmm. They're a great snack. Yeah, and people will look at you like, oh, you know, you look poor eating sardines. I'm like, think what you want to think. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Thank you. That is another, and they come in a, a ton of varieties, guys. So if you're looking for something, if in, in the middle of the night or late in the evening, you need a snack and you want to eat something, don't go get a double cheeseburger at McDonald's or a Whopper with cheese from Burger King. Get, just stock up on some sardines. They last a long time too. You can keep them a long time. You can get sardines and olive oil, sardine with olives, sardines and mustard, whatever. Hot sauce. <laughs> yes. Get you some sardines, crack that baby open and sit on the couch and watch a Netflix. Um, Doc, you made a lot of great points about um, our diets, eating clean and clean, and also about um, our lifestyle. A lot of people are sedentary. Um, you know, I mentioned the people doing the, the simple things like parking far when you go to the store. So you have to take more steps, um, taking the stairs, you know, up and down. So, you know, you mentioned our ancestors and how they were very active. Um, and this is absolutely true. They walked usually to and from the fields. You know, if you're from the South, you know what I mean by the fields. Now, you mentioned probiotics and prebiotics. I'm thinking there's a difference, which is why one is pre and one is pro. I love some kimchi and I love sauerkraut. Talk to us about prebiotics. Prebiotics is artichokes. So prebiotics actually feed the probiotics. So I, I look, tell patients it's like this. You have the soil is the probiotics and the fertilizer is a prebiotics. So those things are going to feed the, the probiotics. They're going to make them um, uh, increase. And then the, the prebiotics also increase what we call short chain fatty acid. So they make the gut terrain a lot healthier and robust, and we can deal with things a lot easier. Our body is equipped to handle things if we give it uh, the right environment and the right tools. So we can handle a little bit here and there, but when it becomes an over uh, indulgence or under of one and over of another, when it becomes problematic. So the probiotic foods you know, like I said, the kimchi, the miso, um, and the sauerkraut, those are the, and the yogurt, those are the probiotics. So miso is a probiotic as well. Mm-hmm. I yes. don't know why I wasn't tracking that miso. I love some miso soup. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Maybe that's why my gut's so healthy. All right. Doing the gut. All right. <laughs> Wait, did you just do Doing the gut instead of doing the butt. Yes, is that yes. what I heard. Doing the gut. Yeah, it's healthy, oh. healthy, healthy. What you know about doing the butt? Eu. Uh, oh, girl, come on now. <laughs> that was a that's a DMV DC thing, but okay. 
Um, did you grow up in the South or did you grow up up North? I grew up all over. My dad was in the Yeah, North. your dad was military. Yes. Okay. What bases was he stationed uh, at up North, if you can recall? We were in Fort Lee, Virginia. Uh, my uncle was in Fort Meade, so we would always go back and forth. Um, we were also in uh, Ben Hill Farms. It was right out of Manassas. Wow. Virginia. We were in uh, El Paso, Texas. We were okay. in Fort Bliss. And then I grew up a lot in Germany. The rest, half of it was in the States and half of it was in Europe. Yeah. So there's, there's that overlap. You mentioned the commonalities that we have. We were in Germany as well. What so, part? Um, in Hanau. Hanau. Okay. Yeah. Where were you guys? Berlin, Heidelbronn, and Ansbach. Okay. I would like to go to Berlin. I know I didn't make it to Berlin when we were there those five years. I was a little girl, but would love to go to Berlin. So what was your, I'm digressing guys. We'll get back to the gut health. What was your favorite base? Berlin. Cause when yes. I was in Berlin, I was in Berlin when the wall was up. I want to go back, but it's not there. But ah. Berlin, it was, even though we were, you know, we had the East Berlin all around us. Yeah. Because I ran track and so we had to ride the duty train. So at seventh grade, I was able to get away from mom and dad. And you know, in Germany, there's no drinking age. So we tried to do a little something, something back in the day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Germany is my favorite base as well. So you brought it up. You brought up, you just mentioned alcohol. What does alcohol do to your gut health? Well, alcohol is very high in sugar for one. And there now there's all different types of things that different types of alcohol, but it definitely disrupts the gut and causes a lot of inflammation. And it also preempts the gut for um, the, the receptors in the gut for um, prediabetes and, and diabetes and uh, disruption there. Because what, um, you know, then you have the liver involved as well. And you, so people think it's just a gut for the whole GI tract, but it actually starts with actually your mouth and go right. I was going to say mouth. your boca. Mouth, yes. So that's why dental health is great. Um, but you know, the alcohol can really wreak havoc on your gut. Mm, yes. So, um, let's see. Whew, I had a bunch of stuff. Um, all right. So if someone who is not um, regular, let's talk about bowel movements, because whenever we talk about gut, you know, we cannot leave out stool and bowel movements and getting this stuff out of your body. Guys, if you're going to the bathroom, when I say going to the bathroom, I mean, number two, a.k.a. having a bowel movement, taking a dump, whatever you want to call it. If you're going once a week, that is not healthy for you. Mm -mm. So that is not healthy at all. And, and imagine this, you're, you're keeping all of this poison and this stuff that you're eating that you're supposed to be expelling, you're maintaining it inside of your body. Yeah. Doc, please talk about that, about bowel movements and stools and why it's important to, we, we really should be having a bowel movement after every meal that we eat, really. Yes. And that's at least once, that's once how it should day. be. Yeah. At least once a day. That's really the definition of constipation if you're not going once a day. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you have the other case where people go too much. So people that go to five to six times a day. So it's again, it's all about balance, whether there's a, there's food. If you see food, now you're always going to see corn. Corn just does not digest very well. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to the restroom and you see food in there, uh, that also tells a lot. 
Your poop can tell a really a lot about your health, uh, the different color of the poop. If it's kind of black and tarry, then there's possibility that you have some blood. Uh, if it's kind of really dark and dark brown, it's probably old stuff that's been there for a while. And if it floats or if it breaks down, if it's small little pellets, some people go every day, but it's the pellets. So there's a Bristol Reed poop chart that I like to show patients and say, which poop do you, do you fit? Also, your poop should be long and S-shaped and nice size. It shouldn't be skinny and ribbery because that means that your gut's all inflamed. So your poop has a, tells a lot what's really going on inside your body or what's where the function of what your gut is doing. Did you say S-shaped? S uh -huh. as in Sierra? Mm-hmm. And you think about nowadays, everybody's buying these stools. I mean, the, the new colonic cleansers, are you? No, the new, the chair. Oh, the chair. Toilet. Yes. That but, makes you get a deeper, I guess, um, when you, you know, squat. You really, would you, the squatty potty. So the squat, yes. potty, because that actually helps with you eliminating and helps with getting, uh, evacuating all the way through these new toilets that they're building now that's chairs. You don't have to squat as much when you go poop. It's actually not well for your body. You should actually have mm -hmm. the standard. Um, the yeah, standard, yeah. Uh, the gimmicks are, are are never a healthy thing. Those are are gimmicks. You know, someone's always trying to come up with the next gimmick to make some money. Guys, just eat healthy, hydrate, take care of your bodies, and and bowel movements shouldn't be a problem for you. But also being active that helps with moving your your bowels as well. You got to be active. You can't lay around, eat a bunch of fried stuff, fast food, junk food, sugar, and think that you're going to have healthy poop. Doesn't work that way. So we just said we need to, um, we have to have bowel movements every day. Uh, you know, if you're having it once, twice, three times a day, that is okay. Don't be alarmed. But as Dr. Curtis said, if you're going multiple times throughout the day, that might suggest there is something going on in your, in your gut. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. We have a few minutes left. Um, well, let, let's do this, actually. Let's talk about a, a regular standard grocery list. I want to hear from you what you would recommend to your patients to have in their basket um, each time they go to the grocery store. And then I would like to talk about this coming Thursday for folks who are celebrating or having dinner with the family what we want to try to avoid and not overindulge in if we want to maintain our gut health. I know some people are going to say, hey, you can have a cheat day, but so let's do the groceries first. What's on your grocery list? My grocery list, shop the peripheral of the grocery store because that's, you know, that's your produce, that's your, your meat section. And um, well, I would say some of the periphery will not be the bread section if I'm thinking about whole foods because they have the bread section on one, but mainly your good quality uh, butchered meat. I look at the, the scale, like I said, it shows you from one to five on the meat and the five is less, is cleaner. And produce, you cannot get enough fruits and veggies, uh, more veggies and fruits, but uh, organic is better. Now they're EWG, they have a thing that's the clean, the dirty dozen and the clean 15. I can get those to you, but those are, if you look on the EW, ewg.org, 
And there are foods like strawberries, greens, collard greens, um, um, I think grapes, I can't think of right off the top of my head, but those things are the, really the worst that you need to make sure that you have that are organic. And then you have the clean 15 are the things that you can, you don't have to necessarily buy organic, but you want to buy, you know, produce, real produce. So that's the biggest thing. I always tell patients, if you eat out of a bag in a box on a regular basis, you're going to end up in a bag in a box. Okay. So, <laughs> can't, can't get it any more clear than that. Yeah. So eating all the processed foods and all that, and even, you know, some people, if you're going to do milk, you're going to do raw milk, um, be, even be careful with some of the alternative milks. I always tell patients, you want to exchange your dairy, anything that comes from four legs and have a heart, then that's usually, it has some inflammatory properties to it, uh, unless it's raw milk. And then the other alternative is anything that the milk alternative, milk alternative comes from a seed, nut, or a plant. And you're pretty safe with that. Watching the gluten in the bread. In the 1960s, they added bromine to the bread. And with bromine, we've seen a lot of increase in thyroid issues because it competes with iodine because it's in that halogen group. So in that, I don't know if you get, remember in chemistry, that group there that we thought mm -hmm. to get, learn it and forget it. But really your hormones for your thyroid is only four iodine molecules. So if you're playing musical chairs and they're all taken by bromide and also fluoride in our fluoridated toothpaste, then how can the iodine really bind to make sure that you have a good functioning thyroid? So that's that's key there too. So making sure that you watch your bread consumption. I even go gluten-free, but even sometimes gluten-free is not a thing. Uh, it can be very inflammatory. If I can't stress anything else, read your labels. I always tell my patients, if you can't read it, don't eat it. If you can't pronounce it, denounce it. If you phonetically have to sound out the thing <laughs> on your food, that is not food. That is chemical. So it will break down your body. And there are people out there that put these chemicals in the food. There are scientists that their job is to make you want more and more. Think about that Lays. You can't just have one. They mean that. They actually, that's their job is to make sure that you salivate and you want more. So listen to your body. And as you take these things out, your taste buds change. I'm on my 30-day gut cleanse now. And when I eat a grapefruit, it tastes like it's candy. I you love know? grapefruit. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then for Thanksgiving, it's like turkey is good, but get good turkey. You know, get the, you know, you might have to pay $100 for your turkey. What's, don't what's, turkey, good turkey? what's good turkey? um pasture uh pasture raised farm raised i mean uh that's pasture i get mine from a farm here local in georgia and if you don't want to do that this year you know what i got i got turkey parts i don't want a full turkey so i get turkey parts but they're good turkey parts and then you know all the mac and cheese all of that try to find alternatives there's that's now a no guys all that dairy and all that cheese the and the milk and the butter that's in the mac and cheese that's a no gluten and the gluten that's in there it's just like well and it will make you feel heavy most of the times what do we do we pile our food up we eat and then we go lay down and watch the football game 
um, because we just we're sluggish. And so that lets you know that that's not a good meal. Um, I make a root veggie dressing because I have gluten sensitivity. So I put uh, sweet potatoes, um, um, butternut squash, uh, um, parsnips and turnips. And then um, I do put Italian sage sauce, I mean, uh, pork, it's uh, pork sausage. And I mix that up just like mix my regular dressing and put some mushrooms in there and I cook it and it's fabulous. You can't even tell you're not eating bread dressing. Oh my God, I don't know about that doc. I gotta have my cornbread dressing. <laughs> just, but the thing about it is, is eat in moderation, you yes. know? eat a little bit. And like I said, take your time as you're eating your food and, you know, life is going to happen. I have patients that stress out on everything that they're eat and they're just as sick as people that eat everything. So mm. stress, if you can't stress out about it, but do moderation, you know, when you've had enough, listen to your body and don't eat it all the time. You can't eat it like five days. You know, if you're mm. going to eat something like that for Thanksgiving, you know, just small amounts. Got it. Uh, y'all, she's, she's making sweet potato squash dressing. You are truly healthy, Dr. Curtis. <laughs> but you, it sounds gross, but my kids were eating it. And I'm like, what y'all doing? That's my dressing. Y'all gone. Go somewhere. I made you oh. some bread over there. Leave me alone. Oh. Like, this is good. I'm like, okay. All right. I'm, I may have to try it one day, one day. Um, well, I certainly thank you for all of the information you shared in this 40 minutes that we've been on. You've dropped a lot of gems and um, folks, I would encourage you to contact Dr. Curtis and um, go on her website. Doc, what's your website, please? Uh, www3 is spelled out T-H-R-E-E-D wellness.com. Yeah. You can schedule a 15-minute free discovery call with Dr. Sansa Curtis in 3D Wellness. She just gave you her website. Follow her on, on Instagram, Curtis S-O-N-Z-A-C-U-R-T-I-S. And I'll also put her contact information here in the podcast description. Um, you've been listening to Dr. Sansa Curtis she is the founder of 3D Wellness, and she is certified by the Institute of Functional Medicine. She is a doctor of naturopathic medicine and also has done her time in Western medicine. Kudos to you for jumping over to the other side because Western medicine is not really where it's at. <laughs> That's true. But yes, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the listeners and I'm honored and I had fun. So thank you. You are so welcome. Maybe one day we can talk about the sex hormones and, you know, what you do for that. Cause it states here, you specialize specifically in this, 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 and that and sex hormones. Yes. Yes. And that has a lot to do with what you eat too. Cause that, that, but yes, we, I would be honored to do that. With yeah. You. Drop a little teaser. Tell them what's, what's off the, I don't know, off the top of your head. I know you do this all the time. What is something that we eat all the time that could interfere or interrupt our sex hormones? Uh, 
or soy. affect us at some the point. Soy is one that can affect your, your sex hormones and um, just eating meat, those meat, those meats that are just jam packed and believe it or not, alcohol, you, you know, people think alcohol is aphrodisiac, but actually alcohol <laughs> uh, decreases your sex drive. So yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Guys, check out Dr. Curtis, her book, No More Band-Aids 2.0. It is available. She co-authored the book, No More Band-Aids 2.0. How can they get that best-selling book, doctor? I believe it's on Amazon. If not, they can contact the office and I can send them a copy. Yeah, drop the number for the office for us, doc. It's 678-621-8100. All right, guys, you cannot be healthy and not take care of your gut. I hope everyone understands that the gut is one of next to the brain. It's one of the most important areas in the body that we have to truly take care of love and adore and be intentional in terms of our diet, what we eat and our lifestyles, because things can improve so much if you are um, cognizant of what you're eating. Um, It can prevent a lot of these diseases and disorders. Don't fall for the okie doke here in America. We have the worst diet worldwide. The worst diet in the world is an American diet. So thank you again, Dr. Curtis. Say brain love. Brain love. Thank you. Well, guys, thank you for joining me again tonight for another episode. I so adore you. Thank you so much for following the podcast. Thank you for showing up every week. Um, And if you can't listen on a Sunday night at eight o'clock, I'm glad that you come and you listen later. I see it. I see it in my statistics. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And don't forget, please be on Instagram live with me as well as uh, Titus Unlimited. We will be live on my Instagram page on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Come through. Come on, y'all, join us on the couch. And if you want to get on live with us to ask a question of uh, Titus, please feel free to do so. Everyone have a wonderful week. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. I'll be telling you, you know, happy holidays again Tuesday night if you come on Instagram live. If you're too busy, I understand. You can catch me the next time, y'all. Say brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Mm